When you were leading coalition forces in, in Iraq and Afghanistan with so many, what I can imagine must have been so many demands upon your time and in such a complex, fast-paced, changing, VUCA to use that phrase, environment. How did you, on a quite practical level, find the time to sort of step back from that detail and keep an eye on the, the big ideas and the strategic imperatives? Well, there are a number of different ways that you do that. First of all, you, you put it onto your battle rhythm. You make it part of what you have to do. You create action forcing mechanisms for yourself. We had a huge butcher box piece of paper, which had what we did every single day of the week. You know, there are some things we did every day because you're in combat, it's seven days a week. Um, then there are some things that you do a few times a week, such as go out after the morning update and the morning this and that, the intel and so forth. You would get immediately in a vehicle or a helicopter or a plane and go out and, and find a unit and, and go on a patrol with it, experience it, feel it for yourself. You have actions that took place once a week, you know, certain video conferences with Washington or this or that, or meetings with the president of Afghanistan or the prime minister of Iraq, all of this. So you have this battle rhythm. But on there, uh, we had action forcing mechanisms. And, and one of those, for example, in both Iraq and Afghanistan was that I met with the strategic plans team once a week. And that forced me and their idea, you know, this their charge their mission was to force me to make decisions. And the truth is that when you are ground down the way that we were right at the edge of your physical existence, the weather is often fairly extreme, particularly in, in the case of Baghdad, where it could be 120 degrees uh, in the afternoon with a 25 to 35 knot wind blowing dust at you. So you have to force yourself to do this. And we had a number of those. And then, you know, you meet every single week with the guy who's doing the train and equip mission. But, you know, one week you look at the army, the next week you look at the police, the next you look. And so you, even there's a rhythm within those kinds of, of actions. Uh, and then it went all the way on up to the, the monthly meeting that I had. We had lessons learned teams all over the battlefield, from the army, the Marine Corps, special operations, asymmetric warfare group, my counterinsurgency center, et cetera. And they would all get an hour of my time once a month, and the chief of staff of the organization would facilitate the process to where they'd sit down with me and say, here are lessons that we believe need, need to be learned. They, are, they aren't learned yet. They're only learned when you actually incorporate them in that first task, the big ideas, getting the big ideas right. Then you communicate them by the change in the mission statement of the campaign plan or your guidance, SOPs, print, whatever. Your counter, I publish counterinsurgency guidance personally in each of those wars and I'd hit the send key every month or two, every time I had a new sort of little tweak to it. Uh, and then the overseeing the, the implementation of the big ideas. And then that fourth task again, determining how to refine them, which is what is part of this. Then beyond that, uh, every quarter, we would have a big review of the campaign. Painful as all get out, endless slides. Uh, all the ambassadors, all of our counterparts, all the generals, people would come from Washington and London and uh, Central Command headquarters and so forth. But then also back to the daily, we always found time uh, for physical fitness. Um, so even in Iraq, where you know I'd get up at maybe 5:30, guy would hand me a cup of coffee, I'd get the Intel book, I'd go through very quickly through some classified email, then I'd get on a stationary bike. And I'd just be leafing through the overnight Intel book, 
and making notes for myself. Cause this is, again, I'm by myself. There's nobody talking to me. There's no, and, and, you know, so you pedal for 45 minutes or something like that, and then do some uh, strength and flexibility quickly, have a quick bite to eat and you're in your seat in the command post uh, at seven 30 for the morning update, which takes an hour and it, it had its own rhythm. Uh, certain stuff you'd get every single day, you know, the number of attacks, casualties, all the rest of this major operations. But then maybe once a week, you'd look at electricity production once a week in Iraq oil production. And again, a whole series of these that are all embedded in what is a pretty well-developed, very, very well-developed set of briefings, meetings, activities, uh, all of which, again, uh, are designed to both enable you and in some cases to force you to make the decisions and give the guidance necessary to drive that campaign plan forward. I can only imagine, Jim, with the, um, the value you must have taken from that 45 to an hour period where you was by yourself on, on the stationary bike, just in terms of processing. It was hugely important. Yeah, and we would run as well. By the way, I in Iraq, I think we could only do it three days a week just because of the sheer demands. But I mean, I was getting the morning sort of maintenance workout in, but then three times a week we would actually have runs. And because of the schedule, you really could only do it in the late afternoon, and it was really, really pretty grim uh, during the summer months in particular. Some of those times we would actually bring people in so that I could multitask, and we would bring in. I was a pretty decent runner uh, even then. And so we would have to get people that were usually captains or majors who could keep up. We didn't have, there was only one general, I think, in the entire theater who dared to run with me, but we would bring them in and it would be not just a run. And we would usually run actually a 10K. We had a, there was an old artificial lake, huge artificial lake that Saddam had conveniently built in a compound that we took over. Uh, where we had our headquarters and a lot of our facilities. And we would usually run, I think it was three or four miles sort of together. We might call it a talking pace, but it's pretty brisk. And then the final two miles, it was, you know, everybody for himself. And sadly, I had an aide and one security guy who could regularly beat me, but it was probably good for my ego. But, but we would also during those times, sometimes I would say, I don't want anybody today. I just want to think. Uh, on the run. And people knew just don't, you know, we had a team that would all, because you got a whole bunch of people that would all be engaged in this. But those are really helpful. Uh, I actually used to run with the ambassador. We would bring him over every Sunday morning by helicopter from the embassy in downtown Baghdad. And uh, he and I would run together and talk about, you know, the, the week that was and the week that was coming up. So you have to build all this in. And that was really the key was, was recognizing that, you know, this is my calendar. Uh, I'm going to get exercised. I will be cross if you guys don't execute what it is that we've agreed to here. But this is serious. I am not joking around when I say I want to do this, 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 and this. You guys better figure out how to do it. Or again, I'll be exercised. Yeah. <laughs>